Welcome to Regulars Anonymous. With host Zachary Landry. Sitting down with the people who are standing in line behind you at the grocery store. And hearing what they have to say. We still get rabbits that come. Uh, So I picked up the trash in the parking lot recently and uh, like hares come into the parking lot and we feed the crows on our on the roof with the cat food and peanuts yeah and they're entertaining uh we prefer the crows over the magpies yeah yes well the magpies are chattier oh, okay wake you up yeah and the crows are nervous so we've got one or two that'll actually like come out while i'm outside and that's kind of cool so we're making bird friends nice yeah so what have you been doing for art these days? Uh, most of my art is done at work. Um, I work as an education assistant. Just a bit of an adjust. And so most of my time is spent like trying to engage with the kids to get them like interested in being in the classroom in the first place. Because it's not a typical classroom uh inside a care home <laughs> so the kids have to come to school or they don't get it, like other privileges and so lots of times it's keeping them engaged and entertained in some ways so they don't get other privileges outside of the classroom is that how it works like if they don't come to school they're not supposed to be able to like go for outings in the evening okay. <clears throat> or like have tv time or something yeah and that's hard for everybody so try and keep them in school and engaged and, uh, so I, I've like, I find that's easiest with art. It's actually easiest with a computer, like here, watch YouTube, but that's not like a, a good not, thing. No, the, the easiest option isn't the, the most beneficial. One. Yeah. Yeah. So we paint, sometimes we get to make like uh powwow drums. Yeah. So, uh, like we order, um, hides and drums that are like uh, the frame is assembled so we just have to soak the hide and stitch it together and uh, after it dries we like some of the kids want to paint them so that's been fun thing to do is to like get them to find an image and like kind of coach them through how to paint that onto the drum like just basic painting techniques is what I've been teaching which is also kind of what I've been learning through doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not the best painter. Uh, like the mural was basically my first painting, which is a bad place to start. Well, yeah, because when you wouldn't consider yourself a classically trained painter or, or, or drawer artist. Yeah, self-taught. Yeah. Or and I wouldn't even say taught. Mostly like. Um, tried to figure out my own way of doing it that felt comfortable for me. So like, like it started out with just doodling. Yeah. But you're just cause I've seen some of your siblings, other, their drawings as oh, yeah. well. And your family seems naturally inclined to being able to take thoughts and can, can uh, convert it to a, an image on paper. Yeah. There's some <clears throat> definitely like visual talent there and like, most of us played music and band too. So mm-hmm. like there's some kind of connection there, I think with all through all of us. 
Are your parents artists? Uh, no. <laughs> I saw a drawing my mom did with um, uh, her grandkids just on uh, uh, like a whiteboard that they have there. And it was like this egg egg of a person <laughs> with blonde hair and just like yeah, a head a head for a body with legs sticking out of it. And it, I, I had to laugh and like take a picture of that to save for myself. Yeah. Um, but my dad, uh, has done like, he designed art, their house basically. So like, mm, I wouldn't say like create creative art, like visually, but like architectural. Yeah. Like there's some like know how they're understanding mm -hmm. and even like <laughs> we were helping him, uh, do the roof of a shed that he built and he said it was like one of the first things he built and even as we were like taking apart the sides to like put new new wood on it he was like thinking of how to like redesign it to make it better yeah. and uh yeah so um there's some aptitude but i don't think it was very creative for either of them they have their other skills that they're creative at like my mom's bird garden or like um they've like designed their yard basically in like flower beds and it's all very beautiful out there so yeah. some sort of design aspect i guess yeah kind of following your own instinct if yeah. everyone has their own flavor to what what it is that they're doing yeah and so my sisters um are like skilled in different ways i think um one's more like I think like classically trained just through like high school even mm -hmm. uh, and like learning techniques that way. And then my other sister more of like, <clears throat> uh, uh, like notebooks, like expression kind of drawing, that kind of stuff. Like she was, a, um, yeah, had her experiences in high school were different, I guess. And, um, I don't know what to say about that, but <laughs> she got her expression through through the drawing, which I think I found eventually too. Mm -hmm. But like much later, I was just drawing uh, in the pages, of, like in the in the sidebar of the, the margins, margins, like just shapes and faces and monsters, like through high school and university. And then, so it didn't come really for me until when I was traveling and um just needed my own way of expression because i was deep into a depression while i was traveling and um drawing was the way that i got it out because i didn't want to talk about anything yeah and to like make little jokes about the things that my mind was saying and um just getting that out through drawing just <laughs> made me, um, I don't know, lean into it, realize that it was, was a skill that I had and that it was beneficial. Yeah. So the depression was beneficial. Um, the strategies to get through it. 
um, was something that I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. And um, I needed a lot of other strategies to actually feel better in the end. Um, but it stopped me from taking things too far, I guess. Like, just completely shutting down emotionally. Like, mm-hmm. I was able to get it out. <laughs> and do you find that depression is something that is something that you can eventually get over? Or is it just something that's a part of you? What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, for me right now, it's definitely like a part of me. Yeah. Like, um, (laughs) you learn to live with it in some ways. Um, just cause you have to like life still keeps going. And, um, I don't know there's like a, a keeping on effect where um, know, you just get through a day. Because I had a, a realization, just, it was only a few weeks ago, that probably the entire time that COVID was happening, it just finally hit me. I was like, oh, yeah, I was depressed as that was going on. And Oh, I'm sure that was yeah. a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? And no real outlet to get away from it as everything was taken away and you're just like, Hmm, well then that's interesting. But to have that realization and really admit it to myself, uh, instantly just felt like a relief. It's like, yeah. Oh, that's what that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still like striking to me that, uh, there aren't people or <laughs> like there are people who <clears throat> like have never felt that, I mm-hmm. guess to me, it's like being aware enough in the world to like see where the problems are. Like that's depressing enough to me. Like, uh, I'm, I'm surprised when <laughs> sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm surprised that of the people who realize it for the first time. I would have felt like I don't know. I've just been living with it so long. Sometimes, um, <laughs> like uh, like a generalized anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, where always worried about something, uh, or like have my mind on some problem. Um, some external concern. Yeah. Something needs to be done. Yeah. What is it? Um, yeah, but I've like always felt a little different. So like, that kind of explains that. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> some people are very easygoing and, um, it's always been a hard going, I guess. A <laughs> hard going? Yeah. <laughs> a little too uh, unsure of like 
what exactly is the way forward. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find imposter syndrome creeping in? Oh, totally. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that was first, like I first really felt imposter syndrome in university because like I coasted through all of high school and elementary school and like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I was yeah smart enough to get through everything. Yeah. And then it was just, uh, I didn't, didn't quite learn to try. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it was just, yeah, the understanding was there. So the effort it wasn't, wasn't needed. needed until yeah, university was, uh, the, when I needed to learn how to try the most, it's like um, just a lot of bad habits of <laughs> falling down the stairs. Oh. Yeah, bad study habits, bad personal life habits. And that catches up to you. Definitely. And, um, yeah, I think it was just a bit of a surprise of uh, the effort that was needed to actually be successful. I don't remember how we got here. I think uh, the the effort is still something that I kind of work on, though, because like yeah, sometimes you just want to get through a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, that depression mindset, I guess, of like, um, when it's hard to exist and sometimes like the minimum mm -hmm. is all you have the energy for. Yeah. Cause one thing going back to the idea of like you noticing the things or issues in the world around you, you were collecting garbage for a while. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, haven't had the heart, honestly, to to go back and do it again as big as I was. Mm -hmm. I still clean the parking lot where I live just because it, I'm, no one else is gonna. Yeah. And um, we like the animals that come by. But yeah, it's it's hard to engage as a citizen like anymore or as like as a member of society sometimes yeah when you just yeah see the lack of awareness or like or the the amount of ignorance i guess that's the same thing same thing um just a, like and the lack of effort <laughs> it's how hard is it to put a cigarette butt in the garbage instead of into the rain gutter like where it's going to go into the river where yeah. it's going to go down to wherever like the apathy yeah and like i get it sometimes you just want to get through it <laughs> <laughs> people are just doing their own thing yeah and um so now you see that fucking Oh, sorry about that. Just say whatever you want. Yeah, Greg was on here. <laughs> uh, you, you just see that everywhere. Like, it's in all of our media. Of, like, 
everything's either polarized or blown out of proportion. Like <laughs> you heard about the submarine. <laughs> yeah. And you have five people occupied a, a large amount of national attention. Yeah. Versus how like other hundreds of millions of people who are not getting obliterated in a second, but like over a long period of time. Yeah. Well, there was a bus accident. What was it? A week and a half ago. Yeah. It was like Humboldt 2.0, but with old people going to a casino yeah. or something uh, like I, you hear the, the bits of information and like, it's like you make your own idea of it. Like, I don't know. Um, well, it comes down to how much space in your mind are you going to let it occupy? Yeah. And that's a lot of disaster coverage, like fires and lots of death and, um, well, there was two years of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> that was steady on the news. Yeah. And then before that it was terrorism. Terrorism used to be a thing. Oh, and then anytime you talk about <laughs> politics. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So as like someone who wants to be engaged with a healthy society, like that takes care of its land and treats his people with respect like yeah i can i i my heart goes out to anyone who's like an activist <laughs> like good for you keep doing what you're doing because like yeah that's a lot of effort to expend when like i'm sure you just want to live your own life too yeah yeah Because with your page, it was literally garbage, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's funny the impact of even just watching you go through that process. Because I know I wasn't able to help you. But the like noticing it and then taking own initiatives, it's like, oh, well, yeah, that's an easy one to snag or just clean up where you can. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, I took the dogs for a walk over here this afternoon and... Someone has literally just destroyed the garbage can. And this is the second time this summer that they've done that. Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's the same person or not. Yeah, but copycat. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just like, is this just going to be the way that it is now? And every time that garbage can gets rebuilt in the park, it's just going to end up thrown all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like an element of someone who's dissatisfied with everything. I guess mm. it's like just trying to tear things apart too. And how do you address that? Oh, you got to catch them first. Yeah. <laughs> Find out who's doing it. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, maybe see how their day's going from there. Yeah. <laughs> Give them up. <a> <laughs> yeah. That's that's, that's an interesting interview. I would, <laughs> so what, what was going on <laughs> and you know unfortunately I hate to say it but you know it probably wouldn't be anything understandable or relatable 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it gets to a point where that, whether it's trauma or experience is just so far rooted that explaining why something is happening currently almost becomes impossible for some people. Oh yeah. There's like so much context that would have to be explained and so much like healing to be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like working with kids in this kind of population is like, that's another thing that's just a little bit demoralizing. It's like seeing how it starts young and like, That's a hard one because it feels like the kids don't even have a chance. Yeah, it's like you, you don't understand that you like would want to change, I don't think. Or like, and that's a the big, big effort of change is like wanting to and like getting through whatever you're working on. And yeah, so many people are like in a comfort. Yeah. yeah. But once again, going back that kind of apathy that you have on the situation i think the the older i get the more i notice it more with people the effect that they have on children and that they don't take responsibility for and then not realizing that that's just something that the kid's gonna have to deal with on their own later yeah you know because you're certainly not going to be any help with it if you're the one that caused it and you're not even acknowledging yeah, can't work on your own problem. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it certainly is generational. Like, Is that a crude debt? Mm-hmm. It's like the housing market. Nature and nurture working against you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I guess that's where my mind's been at. Like, um, Just kind of the general awareness of where society is right now. Yeah. And after the election too, like, um, just realizing that this might be the state of where things are for a long time. Like who knows what things are going to happen next. So, mm-hmm. Well, I think no one can accurately predict what's going to happen next no. anymore. Or even if they could beforehand. Do fortune tellers still exist? I think there was a uh, a convention at the Ramada or something a few months ago. <laughs> nice. I wonder what they had to say. <laughs> That'd be a good one. Fortune tellers are always telling individual fortunes, but never <laughs> yeah, predicting where, the where big. Where going? Yeah. yeah. yeah let's... Let me just focus in on you. <laughs> yeah. What's the I'm big... feeling a Bradley or <laughs> something. <laughs> Be more like, yeah, just, uh, was also thinking about the, the monster trucks that came through. Did you hear about those? No. Um, yeah, they had monster trucks at the Western. <laughs> just like, I, I guess like a show around, like, I don't know where they were exactly, but like wanted to go, but the tickets were expensive. So that, that kiboshed that, but, um, just like the mindless entertainment of, like a monster truck is oddly wholesome, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Cathartic? Would you? No. I put it on. Cars? <laughs> yeah, like wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. 
like bring your sign for, for grave digger yeah and, and just go wild for a couple hours mm. yeah there is something to be said about that turn your brain off entertainment mm-hmm. but even even monster trucks man I, I feel like that's that's like an event yeah you know? I think that's what we're getting out of battle bots actually is like turn your brain off is just stuff smashing each other but also it's like engineering at the same time too and like physics and just general entertainment yeah and then the strategy on who your opponent is yeah and how you approach them and their design yeah, and we appreciate like the builders and who they are too as people like it's yeah it's it's been a deep dive <laughs> in, into robot robotic combat for someone who's never built a robot at all. Is it something you're interested in? I want to try driving. Yeah. Like, I like, well, like video games and stuff like that. So I think RC and like, I've always kind of been interested in like, like those drones with the cameras where yeah. you, you can fly through those or like experience the, what the drone is doing while you're driving. Mm-hmm. I think that would be cool. So in some ways, there's like, there's a little robot that I would want to like 3D print. He's called Crash Fest. <laughs> He's competing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like two wheels, a body and like some forks and a little like, it looks like a sandwich, sho- like a, like a sand shovel of like a flipper. Yeah. And Big spatula. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to learn how to drive one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Get certified. Mm-hmm. It's like like a little forklift, I guess. Yeah, you make grilled cheese in a parking lot. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's where the joy comes these days is yeah, mindless. The mindlessness? Yeah. The dopamine drip? Zelda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like 550 Koroks in, I think, right now. How many is there? I don't know. I have <laughs> I have tried to avoid every bit of spoiler that I can. Fair enough. And that's the new Zelda, right? Yeah. Oh, so they don't even give you a counter in it? Uh you find out when you're done, I think. <laughs> but I probably I probably won't get all of them. That would absolutely destroy my life. <laughs> yeah. It's bad enough the uh, hours I've sunk into it so far, so Oh, when did uh when did you start playing music? Uh fourth grade I was playing tuba in the elementary school band. <clears throat> and I played tuba until grade I think grade eight was my last year. And at that point at least, um my dad had gotten the family like an acoustic guitar to play. So uh, I did switch over to guitar for a little bit, not in band, but just like playing for fun, but it didn't really click for me until I got uh, an electric guitar. And then I had a high school band and we sucked. I don't think we ever got good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Jason Ryan. Didn't work out. <laughs> We, we played our high school prom and butchered every song, I think. At least that's what the memory is. <laughs> <laughs> Were you playing guitar then? 
I played bass oh, and uh, actually like mandolin and banjo too I had at that time. But it was still like, oddly enough, guitar that I was mostly playing at home and like by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from like 2009 to like... 2017 I guess I would have like I I think I did one or two open mics in that time like my first one was at the Olive and I had written a couple songs in that period but maybe like two or three and then uh, just all of a sudden like started actually writing like complete songs and finishing them and like putting in an idea through the whole way so I think like I'd say 2018 is when I started taking things a little seriously. 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Around the same time that like drawing really clicked for me as um, like a way of expression and also music did too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before that, I had always written songs like from a distance and never really tried to talk about what I was going through so I, my first song uh that i wrote was about an ex-girlfriend like heartbreak song kind of thing uh and then i wrote a song about a cat and then i wrote a song about uh evil dead <laughs> like uh yeah not very I, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I was pushing through those songs. Um, like looking back now, I can see them and that's why I'm like comfortable playing them still. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really leaned into that after I realized that drawing was such a good expression for how I was feeling that like actually music was even better. And then you got to integrate them pretty well while you were doing poster designs for shows that you were playing. Oh yeah, I love doing that kind of stuff because I like quite like to to listen to music while I draw too. So mm-hmm. like to um, listen to a band and like draw something for them uh, while I'm listening to them is like um, a very complete experience, I guess. So would you say 2018? Is when Matt, Mute Man was fully whole? Yes, fully realized, I guess. Or at least came into existence. Yeah. Because when, when was the, the conception? Um, so the name Mutant Man comes from a strange Lovecraft song uh, that was written in like 20, or 2008, I think. Uh, called Mutant Man, and it was written in um, in the back of a Great Gatsby novel <laughs> that they had just stolen from the school, I assume. Um, and I just loved the song for like, like as soon as I heard it, it's a fun song, and it's about uh, a guy who grows really tall and can punch a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Like there's a bunch of silly stuff that they they just threw in there and it doesn't really make sense and but the music is great and um 
uh, I kind of like just adopted that as like an Instagram hand, handle when Instagram first came out. And I think it was shortly after that that I learned that the song was actually written about me. <laughs> so um, it just felt natural to have that as like an artist name yeah. because it was name other artists gave to me, I guess. And so there was a long time where Mute Man was just a name per online until I started doing stuff that was a creative expression. Yeah. Yeah. And you've done many a poster, many a drawing, but only a couple murals. Two. Yeah. Two. What was your process on the first one? Like, and how did you kind of come about that? Uh, so I was working at Chronicles Comics and Cafe at the time, and there was an artist who was going to do a mural on the side of the building. And... Uh, he approached me and like had seen some of the stuff that I was doing, like honestly just in the store. Um, cause I was drawing for them at that point and like the chalkboards and he had seen some of my journal. And so he asked me yeah, cause he was going to do Spider-Man and Batman and didn't really like have any idea for anything else to go in. He just knew like he wanted some like comic book inspired stuff, inspired things. Um, so I basically combed my sketchbook of just the most interesting like designs that I had done of characters and kind of built a little world for them to live in and put that in between his big Spider-Man and Batman. And at that point I hadn't really um, experimented with color too much because I was still learning line drawing basically, like trying to expand my doodles into something that was like refined i guess mm-hmm. um so we just decided that it would all be grayscale <laughs> there's still people like coloring in the mural <laughs> there's just it's whatever <laughs> do you ever sneak back there at night and and color it in no i thought about applying to the arts council to like for a grant for a mural to finish it basically it's like just go back and paint it but um, uh, while I was planning that, I ended up getting the other mural. So that, yeah, was the one to go forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the second mural, that was purely your own. Yeah, that was uh, just me designing that. And I did it kind of in batches um, because part of the wall got added later. So I had to like kind of throw something on at the end which like there's lots of visual styles in the mural in the first place so uh, i thought it doesn't tear it too far away to have something like sort of realistic in the mix with the rest of the kind of cartoony style drawings but i wouldn't even really call it like super realistic mm-hmm. so the the elk yeah the elk so what what was your process for that second mural? Because the second one is, what, eight times larger than the first one? Easily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's over, like, <clears throat> I, I couldn't, couldn't say how big it is anymore, but uh, it was bigger than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I first uh, took some photos of the wall and because uh, it has the two sides, 
So it's got the east side, which is larger and has pipes and like things to work around and plan around. And then the north side is a little more open, but taller and narrower. So I took some photos and like mapped them onto um, just like gave myself a stencil of where what would be the drawable parts of the wall and just started drawing like uh, I think I did four or five different ideas and um, yeah just p picked the one that felt um, like it would be the most eye-catching and like um, I, I had a couple of designs that were like all one kind of just one figure wrapped around the same wall um so it would have been probably easier to paint and much less time taken but uh definitely not something that you would like want to sit and spend time looking at mm -hmm. like you could pass by it and feel like you saw it and um yeah i guess most of the art i had been doing at that point was very detailed or had lots of details i don't know if it was very detailed <laughs> but it had <laughs> lots of details like i don't know how well i was expressing like one idea very very closely rather than just having like lots of ideas going on at the same time um and then trying to tie that together it's definitely something i would think about for the third mural yeah as having it it'd be a little more cohesively planned and uh it's definitely easier to paint when you um have less elements that you're working with like i think there's eight or nine fonts on the mural which is a silly idea <laughs> and like at least like maybe like 20 different figures on it mm -hmm. And yeah, it took a long time. How long did it take you start to finish? Uh, 250 hours. And I think there was like, like weekends and maybe like three or four days that I, like before I started work. So I was like double shifting it, <laughs> like go to school work and then just drive to the parking lot and go to artwork <laughs> and yeah like a month yeah. of split shift kind of days like that yeah lots of late nights i remember you out there mm -hmm. on the uh, on the scissor lift one all-nighter yeah yeah i was out there i felt bad because of the beeping of the of the scissor lift but i really just needed to like power through and you can disarm that painting yeah, there is a way oh, is <laughs> there is a core that you're gonna plug that will that's okay. There was people outside the whole time. So. <laughs> yeah. I remember someone like offering me a, a flashlight and I was like, Oh, I don't know if like I should accept this flashlight from you and like <laughs> need to do a favor for you to return later. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was definitely a very interesting area to paint and yeah. <laughs> like three weeks later it was vandalized and it's been that way ever since how uh, 
severely vandalized or just? Oh, there's uh, spray paint on it. And well, actually, the day I finished it, it was vandalized the next morning. Like <laughs> we didn't we didn't even do the clear coat yet. I had to repaint part of the mural <laughs> because it was vandalized. I like. Um, I think there was two or three maybe two other times during the painting that it was like somebody had scrawled some shit on it and like, whatever, I'm going to paint over it. Yeah. But yeah, that was the first time it was like the mural's done. I had like breathed sigh of relief. It's over completion. Yeah. But no, (laughs) gotta, gotta redo this one section real quick. And then it was actually, um, we had some volunteers who were doing the clear coating and I, uh, if if you put the brush into the dirt and then brush back up, you're just brushing dirt back on the painting. Yeah. So it was really only good for like five hours. <laughs> and then it was uh, like less than what I intended it to be anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that was something to to work through (laughs) yeah to put that much time into something and not have it especially with it being in such a public place Mm -hmm. and you go it's it's gonna get hit by the elements and (laughs) the element of people yeah well there's there's part of it that actually like started peeling up because like the rain from the downspout and like maybe that's another thing to think about too uh oh and like there was another piece that I had kind of planned to do where, uh, this, like I made all the poles into like birch trees, like, um, and Aspen. And there was supposed to be a downspout coming out from one of the buildings and it got taken off during the priming f- phase. And like, I primed the pole cause I was going to paint it. And then someone <laughs> stole the pole. <laughs> Like who's what are you gonna do with a big downspout? It was gone. Chop it into four and put it on your house. Yeah, like like large diameter yeah. too. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that that like the entire design never even got to happen because they never replaced the pole, which I'm sure is a safety concern because it's gonna like just like all the all the melt from the snow is going to go right in front of this door so yeah there's lots of oversight <laughs> when it comes to public art i think yeah yeah i don't know at least here and how would you approach your next one that based off the last two that you've done uh it would be one design instead of like one design incorporating multiple like different themes and uh, figures, I would keep it very simple and I would stick to one art style. I think just to have it cohesive. Yeah. Like I've had so many people who've told me that like they love like sitting and looking at my mural, like they go and park in that parking lot and like, they always see something different, which is exactly what I intended. Um, but the process of painting it 
And creating something like that. Yeah, was too much for a, f- yeah, a, a two-person team, basically. Like, myself and uh, my partner, who uh, didn't always paint with me, but was, like, bringing me food. <laughs> and, Hanging out, yeah, yeah and support like, system. Yeah, and, like, did end, end up being comfortable like doing some line work and doing some filling in so like a lot of help from that but a two-person team doing like a 750 square foot mural is uh that wraps around it's yeah too much it's a very detailed mural yeah we took pride in like making sure that like when you paint a wall like there's going to be like little divots and stuff that show through and like show. And that wall was painted like, like six different colors of primer before we did all the graffiti that was on it before. So we like wanted to make sure that like, if we did a color, like a big block of color, it was going to hit everything. Mm -hmm. And so, um, if you look, it's, you know, there's not a lot of wall showing through. It's all paint. Um, my, not do that good of a job next time i can see why you wouldn't do that good of a job with brushes like also the second my next mural i want to spray because it's just a faster process too Mm -hmm. and like airbrush yeah or or like um yeah yeah airbrush yeah and have you done any airbrush work before no, but I've been learning on the fly so yeah. much. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. But although my um, my dad did buy one for like all the stuff that he makes and paints in his shop. Yeah. So um, I have like a place to practice and might even do some paint work for them this summer. Yeah. So we'll see. That's the nice thing about like an acreage you can go to. You can like put a mural up on their walls. And yeah. They'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you thought about doing any personalized, like in-home stuff for people? Well, I know you di- you've done stuff a little bit, yeah. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of success um, marketing my art for the most part, or like um, as something to be bought <laughs> <laughs> and done for you. Um, so I think, uh, like visual art wise. I sold one painting at my gallery. It was the one that is like uh, a poplar bark, but I um, it's like in the shape of a of a hair. Mm-hmm. So like I did like a night scene, and there's this like bark attached to the canvas that looks like a hair. I sold that and two murals. I've been paid for and. Maybe like a poster design or two, I think. Oh, it's some CD work, but it's all all through like friendships and stuff like that. Like the people who know who that I do art yeah. <laughs> contact me and ask me to do art for them. Um, but I'm sorry, what was your question? Oh, have you done? It was in-house murals. Mm. Oh, right. When I was painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually had some people who like came up to me and, and asked. So I gave them 
gave him my number and yeah, just never never got in contact with me about like what the kind of design they wanted or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the mural, I had somebody who was really interested in me designing a T-shirt for them, so uh, like something that was from the mural. So I like took it, uh, like isolated the image and like repainted it digitally to match kind of what it should be without like all the brick lines and everything <laughs> that were in it. And like did this whole design for them. And then they were like, oh, I don't have the money for this. So like, okay. And yeah, so not much for mural work. I've had a couple of people ask me for tattoo designs, which makes me want to like learn how to tattoo. <laughs> I could just skip the middleman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit. But I think I would need to want to like sit in on a couple before I commit to that because i like getting my own tattoo was <laughs> like a, a process i was like a bucket of sweat after just because um it hurt from the first place um needles i guess aren't good but uh i'm kind of empathic when it comes to like physical pain mm-hmm. and so i don't know i don't even know if i could like caught inflicted upon people yeah even as an art form yeah i don't know if that would make make me uh sick doing that i'd have to like go in and watch someone get one i think for a little bit yeah see see if that triggers anything in me um (laughs) like i fainted taking first aid (laughs) (laughs) i think it was the amputations yeah and the video was a little much Horror movies are fine, but... Horror movies are fine. I don't remember. Someone showed me a grotesque video one time at work. I just got back from lunch. And... Or I was about to go on lunch. And this guy was coming around with, like, a, a shock video. And it was, like, a cartel torture thing going on. I won't go into detail about it. But everyone in the shop is just like oh my gosh that is horrific and i'm looking and i'm like oh that's whatever i don't know why it's just like yeah no that's probably a thing that definitely happens elsewhere oh yeah and then maybe five minutes later someone sent me a picture it was of a donut but it was a dill pickled donut and it had pickles on it and that almost made me vomit i was just so mad it ruined my lunch <laughs> Uh, weirdly desensitized to the wrong thing. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any art projects specifically that you want to pursue that you'd like to work on? Oh, I'm always thinking of things. It's just the time. Yeah. Uh, there's a comic book I want to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, one, of, one of the guys from the band who wrote the mute man song uh is always telling me that i should draw comics yeah absolutely but i don't think it like narratively i don't think i can do it like to come up with something and uh, like a story oh you'd have to team up with someone yeah and so that's what i was saying it's like you, you write it then <laughs> and then i want to draw what you write because i love his writings so uh we talked about it a little bit and i want to um draw a comic adaptation of one of their songs mm-hmm. um it's called ragdoll do you know that one i think so yeah, yeah. yeah. 
it's not like released or anything so sorry you can't hear it yeah but it's about i remember from the live shows yeah it's like a really depressing song (laughs) 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 but the like the imagery has always kind of stuck out to me and um so i've kind of kind of thought it out um but it's just a matter of doing it and having the time now to like um yeah thumbnail everything and like I've been researching the process for what feels like so long, just from like like my interest in visual art and comics and animation, and um, working in a comic book store for a bit, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, just kind of studying the composition of things. I think I'm excited to try that, but it's also a little bit daunting, I guess. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Actually, I was reading. Because I haven't read a comic book in a while, and I've gotten halfway through Neil Gaiman's Sandman, and it was interesting because in the it's all volumed and it's basically like six, like if it were released in comic books, it was like six issues, mm-hmm. and then they broke that up into the graphic novels, and then I'm sure you can buy the larger volumes, but in these ones, one of them, I don't know, half of the fourth or fifth one. It seemed like it had less, uh, less com. Act- it was a little bit shorter. The story for that one it was a little bit sh- shorter in it, and he actually filled up the la- the back half of it so that the volume would kind of be complete or filled out with the actual process of writing the the story. Nice. Yeah, and that was just kind of, and he's like, this is just purely for anyone who's interested in what this process actually looks like because even. Him, he's typically just an author, wasn't aware of how much, you know, what what changes or what goes into making the comic book, mm-hmm. and that was a that was a fun little insight, you know that. So, I can imagine. Yeah. Figure. Well, one of my uh, favorite comics that I read recently was I think it was like How to Understand Comics, and it was just a comic book about like the literary like techniques and like visual techniques of like expressing things in panels like chronologically mm-hmm. is basically what comics comes down to so yeah um yeah always been a big fan of animation too so it would be nice to to have the time to like do a music video too i think would be something fun to animate yeah yeah so those projects have been in my mind for a long time <laughs> Is just bringing them to to reality. Still learning how to put in the effort. <laughs> that's it, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's that's been my struggle forever. Yeah. It was a weird thing. Just even with waking up this morning from uh, well, learning like when you set up like a run of shows, and then you complete that run of shows. And then you don't immediately have another run of shows. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's, if you were to start the process over again, that's minimum two months away. Mm -hmm. And just realizing how much you have to stay up to date on constantly booking and constantly setting something up and always having something to work towards. Because as soon as you remove those own goalposts for yourself, then they literally just stop happening so mm-hmm. yeah that's been 
probably one of the biggest barriers for me, like music industry wise is like having the time besides two months out of the summer to like really have the freedom to play shows and like do things. It's like, you gotta be back in, during the week for the rest of the year. So like, yeah, getting all that set up and like having a momentum, it's just hard to break it up into a school year chunk. Yeah. Momentum is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's huge. But at least in that situation, and I, I have to say that like living with my brother for the last six weeks and watching him, he doesn't do anything, man. Other than go to work and then go beat people up. Just like single-mindedly focused. Exactly. And that's yeah. what it is. And then hang out with his kid on the weekends. Yeah, that sounds great. Right? <laughs> and like, but that's what it is. Yeah. There's nothing else that really exists outside of his reality. Yeah. I Yeah. Like, I would love to cut out the news. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, not devote the attention because, like, very attention deficit over here. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it seems like attention span is honestly kind of the, the currency yeah, and it's, uh, of the it's times. Like, like a dissolving thing when you devote it to those kind of, like, really passive, really instant gratification. Like, I, I don't think it's a thing that helps you build an attention span at all. No. Um Never was. No. And I think Bill Hicks said it best. Like, the news should... It's the news. Why don't you ever hear the positive things on the news? <laughs> yeah, it's... It's all of the... Like, it's such a sick craving, I think, that everyone has to, like, be entertained... We're not entertained, but like, is it entertaining to be shocked and like disgusted with society? Is that entertaining? Because that seems like all we're offering. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so to like, to know that that's honestly not like the majority of the case. Like, if you look in the real world and interact with the people around you, you're not going to get that. Uh, like, the doom. I don't know. Yeah. You literally just finished the Bill Hicks bit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Never seen it. It's <laughs> a good one, but yeah, that's that's basically the punchline. It's like made up. Well, not it's, it, it exists, but it's like... It's not your reality. Yeah. It's just the reality somewhere. Mm -hmm. And not enough people are invested in the reality that's in front of them yeah. because they're occupied with this reality that's happening elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And that does them no benefit. No. You can say that you're informed, but informed on what? Yeah. And uh, like, how able are you to fix this situation? How able is anyone to fix this situation of like, this other reality that's not real to so many people, but is real to the world. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's the tools in place to fix things. Not like that. Yeah. There's, you can't fix anything outside of your own realm. Yeah. You know, and in, then even within your own realm, the best that you have is 
just your own say in it, right? That's kind of where you can enact true democracy is what you have a say in that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's that whole just lead by example. That that's always <laughs> been my outlook on that that sort of thing. Yeah. It's too bad, like, more of us don't have an everyday input into, like, forestry. (laughs) (laughs) But if you wanted to, you could go get a a job in that realm, right? Yeah. Yeah, Or you could, yeah, go and protest or, like, make your life that. And I think that's, like, again, hearts out to any activist who's, like, devoting your life to this kind of of thing. Well, What, um, What about these activists that are throwing soup on paintings? Uh, what, what is that? Go stand in front of a bulldozer, like yeah. In my mind, um, or what was uh slacktivism? Slacktivism? It's activism online. Oh, um, <laughs> that's basically what I I understand it to be. Um, uh, yeah, my faith in online discourse is non-existent at this point yeah thoughts um, and prayers that and in polarization like if you think one way you're wrong and if you think another way you're wrong it's like like uh there's no common ground no 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 it, the common ground has been completely eroded yeah which is unfortunate because that's the only place that everyone could actually stand yeah, and it exists in the real world. That's the only place it actually exists. Yeah. So, um, like, online activism, in my mind, is, like, anonymous, I guess. Like, hack hacktivism? <laughs> <laughs> like, people who are actually, like, having an effect that's beyond discourse, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. There, there because, isn't much of that. Yeah. It doesn't, or it doesn't seem to be much of that. Because the discourse is in, exists in an echo chamber on either side, mm-hmm. and every side, unless you're actively like listening to everything, which you can't listen to everything. <laughs> There's too many sources. No, <laughs> it's too much to hear. Yeah. There's no no experts anymore, or like no like who's an expert. Um, you you can this guy got elected as a congressman <laughs> like oh, Santos is that his name mm-hmm. it's like lied lied during the entire like everything he's said has basically been a lie and gets elected to a, like high government position or at least but that's politics isn't it well that's it's such a bizarre realm you can claim anything anymore you, Yes. So, um, there's like an aspect of like, what's the death of truth? <laughs> like, what did Colbert call truthiness? I was gonna say what what Orwell say when when you start being persecuted for saying the truth. Yeah, but there's individual truths and, like, collective truths and perspective and context. And, like, it's hard to nail anything down to the floor, like, of saying, 
of getting a full rather than getting a full complete picture or something it seems like people don't want to accept all of the facts or like acknowledge that there is history that needs to be addressed in certain social issues mm-hmm. so I don't know. I think a culture war is a fake thing designed to keep people agitated at each other. Thank you for listening to this episode of Regulars Anonymous. If you want to find out more about our guests, please check the bio below for all their links and information. Thank you for supporting by subscribing and following the show. I might see you out there and have no idea who you are. Thank you.